Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. This is Everything Under the Sun, brought to you by the youth leadership at Door Church. We hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Everything Under the Sun. This is Pastor Gabe along with Eddie, JR. Hello. And Daniel. Hello. So those... Those are the voices you're going to be hearing. Eddie, again. Sorry, <laughs> I was distracted. <laughs> That's Eddie's voice right there. Hey, so I, I, I want to talk about something um, this time around that um, I, think it, I think it will be pertinent going forward. And that is what we do with this time. Not for this time, but, but for time c- coming up. Like what's going to happen after this? Um, we're going to talk about Moses. We're going to actually backtrack um, before the previous podcast, if you didn't catch that, that was Exodus chapter 12, and you go back and listen to that, probably one of the best podcasts of all time. Just kidding, but it's pretty good. Not biased at all. <laughs> but we're going to go back even further into Exodus, actually, Exodus chapter 2. Um, but I remember hearing, I don't know, it was like This American Life or something like that, during uh, right after Hurricane Katrina, um, a guy shared a story about how he was stuck in a house with a bunch of different people during the hurricane, and they were all from just different backgrounds. Some of them were rich, some of them were working class. They didn't really even know each other, but he said during that five to seven days, they were stuck in this house. They really bonded, but he also began to see what life was really about, and it was about others. It was about people and what he learned. He said somebody left a $50 bill on the windowsill. Nobody touched it. Nobody cared, and he said he missed those days uh, of those times of trial, and one thing I tell the kids in vision is my best day, excuse me, my some of my worst days were my best days. So what we're going to talk about this time around is what you do with this time and how you use it to fuel what God is going to do in your life going forward, i.e. after coronavirus and after all these different things. Hey, JR, um, just real quick, how many animals did Moses take on the ark? Twelve. That's incorrect. It was Noah. Noah took the animals on the ark. For how many how many days was, were they on the ark? Anybody? Bueller? Forty. Forty days. The good job. Twelve. <laughs> forty days on the ark. And then we read of the number forty again when? Moses. Moses. There we go. So Moses was in the desert. Do I get a gold star? Do I get a gold <laughs> I'm star? I'm passing them out right yes. now. Moses gets goes to the, the desert for 40 years. And he comes back to Egypt. We know the story, 10 plagues. Got to go back to the previous podcast. And then they're out in the desert again for 40 years. So the number 40, when it shows up in the Bible, is not necessarily a good thing. It's actually a kind of a bad thing. But right now, some people are facing quarantine. So the etymology of the word, the origin of the word quarantine is the Italian word quaranta giorni. So 40 days or the space of 40 days. So to be quarantined literally means 40 days. So the Italians during the the bubonic plague took the biblical idea of 40 and you would isolate yourself for 40 days. And so today we call it quarantine. So if you didn't know that, well, now you know. So let's get into what we're talking about tonight. Go ahead, Daniel. All right. uh, Exodus chapter 2. I'm going to be reading uh, verses 11 through 15. Uh, Out of the ESV, it says, One day when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and looked on their burdens, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. 
He looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. When he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together. And he said to the man in the wrong, Why do you strike your companion? He answered, Who made you prince and a judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, Surely the thing is known. Verse 15, When Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled, to, fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. So, um, you know, and, and, and this is my first uh, time joining the podcast. So forgive me if I'm repetitive. No or excuses. If you guys have, if you guys have already uh, mentioned some, some of the things that, that uh, you know, I'm going to mention. And I kind of got uh, from what we read. But, um, you know, at the time that this happened, Moses was 40 years old. Right. If you reference back to the book of Acts in chapter seven, it recounts his story uh, again. And it kind of shows us where Moses heart was and uh, how, again, my perspective is how Moses tried to make himself uh, Israel's deliverer in a way that made sense to him and to the way that right. man thinks. That's right. Yeah, that's good. Right. So. He thought, well, this is how I'm going to stand out, right? This is how I'm going to start, right? I've been preserving myself in Pharaoh's courts for the last 40 years, and this is my time to shine, right? So it, I think that if Moses ever sat down and decided to deliver, you know, the, the Egyptians from their bondage, the last thing that would have crossed through his mind was, you know, hey, my brother and Aaron and I, we're going to go to Pharaoh with a stick that's going to turn to a snake. Right. You know, right. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to we're going to ask him, let us go back to Canaan. Um, and then, you know, if he says no, then, OK, let's bring on, you know, we'll, the Nile is going to turn into blood. You're going to have frogs all over Egypt. Uh, you know, there's going to be your cattle are all going to die, you know, things like that. And then if that doesn't work, we're going to kill all the firstborn in Egypt. You know, so it's kind of like. Again, going back to... So you're saying he never would have thought of that. Like, that never would have crossed his mind. Exactly, right? Exactly. He starts off by what? Killing an, an Egyptian. And you could say he was justified, right? He right. say he was justified by jumping in there. Um, you know, there's even some commentaries, and, and, and I don't know how true this is, but that they say that he didn't really actually kill him because there's other uh, instances in the Bible where... Uh, when he sm he sm he he smote him or or he 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 put him down means that with his words, right? And when he talks about burying him in the sand, it, it it's not a, a literal term, hmm. right? Again, I'm not I'm not going to expound on that because it's just commentary that I wrote. But either way, right? That's we'll give Moses the kill stat on yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll give him a kill in Fortnite. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I mean that that's. That's what I got out of, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, initially, right? And then in I made a, a comment the other day in, in the post that we, uh, this short little seven-minute message I gave to the youth in, in Instagram of... Uh, Vision Unlimited uh, Instagram, check it out. Yes, a little plug-in right there. Um, of, like, uh, like, subscribe, subscribe. About <laughs> Mary and Miriam, right? How, uh, you know, Moses and the contrast between Moses and Jesus, right? So you could see the contrast here uh, as well 
is, you know, um, both Moses and Jesus were favored by God, right, from birth. Um, you know, they were preserved in their childhood, right? Um, and feel free to jump in, guys, if, you know, if I'm going too far in, if you got... Oh, you know. we will. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they were offered deliverance uh, to Israel. Uh, they were rejected, right, things like that. So... Um, they didn't start their ministry till later in their exactly. lives. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, mean, so. Eddie, think about this. So Moses, he's 40 years old. He leaves the palace, and he's woke, right? Like... <laughs> He, the struggle is real. Did he get canceled? I think he got canceled. <laughs> the revolution has begun. <laughs> the revolution starts now, right? So my, my theory is that he ran up on this Egyptian slave driver, and the guy's not going to fight back, right? At least not initially. He's not going to swing on Moses. So Moses got in his blows before the guy even realized what was happening, in my view. If I was shooting this movie, that's how it would be done. Um, so it was almost like a punk move on Moses's part, in my view. And then he kills the guy. Maybe he throws him off scaffolding. I don't know. It's cartoon stuff. Um, That's but a Disney the, show. <laughs> I think you're getting your theology from <laughs> Prince of Egypt. Uh, I might. Who knows? This, this could have happened. Wait, my this point. is a real story? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so anyway, so the guy is dead. We'll, we'll say he's dead, and we'll say he's buried in the sand. And then the interesting thing is Moses comes up on two Hebrews the next day and their response to him is what throws him overboard, right? It's not the fact that he killed a dude or thought he killed a dude or whatever. It's the fact that these guys didn't respond the way he thought they were going to respond. And that's why he went into the desert. Does that make sense or not? Mm, That's very interesting. I see it as... uh, as I read it this morning, it was like it was kind of a hot-headed move hmm. on Moses's part. Like yeah, he strikes yeah. the rock yeah. when they're in the desert for forty he years. I mean, he problem, is so. angry. Right. I mean, he sees something and he just, I gotta act out. I gotta hmm. do something about this. And uh, he thinks he's right. And so, like you said, he rolls up on the two other Hebrews and they, hey, what are you doing here? Are you gonna kill me like you Basically killed him? Rebuked them. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, oh wait. I am, whoa, I am way in over my head. I got found out. (laughs) I think of like our, you know, first 48 scene, this guy, you know, Moses just came up to this Egyptian and killed him in in cold blood. And he's, you know, trying to process what happened. And he comes upon, you know, these Hebrews the next day. And he's just trying to, hey, cut it out. What are you guys doing? Are you going to strike him down? And then they say, oh, but you killed an Egyptian. And he he kind of, you know, in his own head, he's in that, you know, um, fear mindset right now and he's thinking man like i gotta i gotta go on the run because i'm gonna get found out i'm already found out people are gonna find out yeah, and, Fer- yeah. and pharaoh Pharaoh's did find out then he, he did wanted, he did find he out wanted to come after him so i think that's what i think in my mind is what happened it was that he just kind of came up on the scene and he was trying to do a good thing and, and to try to split these hebrews up but that's when he figured out like man like and it kind of brings to my mind that it's you're never like you're going to get found out. That's what I think of. Hmm, that's good. Um, we're going to move on to the next portion of scripture here, um, starting in verse 16. Now, the priest of Midian had seven daughters and they came and drew water and they filled the trough of water for their father's flock. Then the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. When they came to Ruel, their father, he said, How is it that you have come so soon today? 
And they said, an Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherds, and he also drew water for us and watered the flock. So he said to his daughters, and where is he? Why is it that you have left this man? Call him that he may eat bread. Then Moses was content to live with the man, and he gave Zipporah his daughter to Moses, and she bore him a son. He called his name Gershom, for he said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land. So I got three things out of this portion of scripture. One, justice, two, contentment, and then three, inheritance. So just like we were talking about with this Egyptian, um, it's kind of in Moses' character to go after injustice. He hates it. Mm -hmm. And he rolls up on an unjust situation. The shepherds are overtaking the daughters as they draw, and he's got to do something about it. Not something as drastic as with the Egyptian that he killed, but he just kind of, he goes for it. And you can see this in his character. And it's kind of a good quality when tempered, because when you think about injustice, Moses is going to be the lawgiver. And he's going to be ruling over a million people. And so this quality in this, in this man is actually good when it's, uh, when it's constructive. But he's um, not been constructed with it so far. But this is a step in the right direction. And um, he helps deliver the daughters uh, from the hand of the shepherds. Number two is contentment. Is that it says that Moses was content to, to um, be with Jethro. And there's kind of like this settling down of, he, you know what, where I'm at right now is okay. And we're talking about quarantine and being by yourself. He says, you know what, I'm in this place right now. I'm by myself. I'm not really where I would like to be, but I'm okay. I can dwell here. And uh, the word content comes from the Hebrew word uh, y'all. And it means to begin, to make a beginning, to show willingness, to undertake, to do, to be pleased, to be determined. So it doesn't mean sit back and relax. It has this determination quality to it. And we see this as a start in Moses's life where he's getting on the right track where God can meet him. And then thirdly, uh, we have inheritance. Uh, Moses has a son and he names him after the fact that he's a stranger. Hmm. And he says, I'm a stranger in a foreign land. And basically, when you're a stranger in a foreign land, especially in this time, there's no inheritance for you in Midian. Okay. And so he's, he realizes he has no inheritance with these people, but he does have an inheritance as a son of Abraham hmm. with the people of Israel. And so it kind of points him back. He's got this longing in his heart of, you know what, I'm not really from around here, but that's okay because God has plans for him of an inheritance going forward. And we kind of see that hope maybe even before Moses sees it himself. Very you good. know, I, I, I agree with that, uh, you know, as far as, uh, I mean, when, when Moses runs away, right, if I kind of try to dig into his mentality, his state of mind is kind of, you know what, my opportunity is shot, you know? Yeah. The plans yeah. that God had for me are shot, you know what I'm saying? So... No coincidence that God took him, right, to Midian, right, to where, and then he meets the priest, right, which has a connection to Abraham, mm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And then the fact that he stays with the family, and then the scripture says that he helps, right, feed the flock and things of that. So now Moses has an opportunity to serve, right, this mm. family, and say, you know what, and like, you know, you said it perfectly, the hope that lies ahead Right, the the plan that God had for him, you know, in the future, because he all he would think about is, you know, I blew it, 
I killed this guy. I'm on the run from Pharaoh. You know, I've been in his court for 40 years. Now, all of a sudden, I can't go back. Right. So I just think that, you know, how God was orchestrating that from the beginning. So. I think what's um, crazy is that uh, I heard it said once that maybe if Moses tried to, you know, when he was 40 years old, try to, you know, save his people, that he wouldn't have been able to. He wouldn't have had the expertise, the, the, the stableness in, in God in order to do that. And so those 40 years in Midian were um, constructive. Like JR was saying, it's not, it wasn't a time for him to kick back and say, oh, you know what, I failed, I'm done, I'm just going to chill here. Um, and, and he got to work, you know, even if it was just shepherding, he got to work. He, he, he was able to develop himself. So when the time came 40 years later, um, he was able to fill into that role. So I think in, we're talking about this quarantine. You can either sit back, chill, watch Netflix, or you can use it for a time to develop. Oh, yeah. And uh, just something like you said with Moses, the parallels between Jesus mm -hmm. is that Moses, like you said right now, Moses be learned to become a servant mm -hmm. just as Jesus was learning to become a servant as well. So he added that that servanthood quality to his life when he was out there. You know what? I'm taking care of sheep, even like David took care of the sheep. Right. So I think that's very good. Yeah, and even in the quarantine times, right, in this quarantine that he was 40 years, it wasn't a waiting period. It was a working period for him, mm, right? Moses good. had never worked that hard in his hey, life. That's a great observation <laughs> you know right there. Like no, he, that's, that's a huge point. He had to use his hands, you know, like he had callus on his hands now, you know, like. For the nah, first time ever. For the first time ever, you know, he was working, you know, he was a roofer, you know, <laughs> he was out there <laughs> yeah, in 180 degree weather, you know what I'm saying? So We can uh, identify yeah. with walking through the desert. I yeah, mean. exactly. I think um, just in connection with our podcast last week, who knows how deeply rooted as a prince of Egypt, he felt maybe even godlike. We talk about Pharaoh, hmm. who was a god. You know, maybe Moses had a little bit of a complex where he was he, like, he you know, I am complex going on where maybe God needed to strip some of that away. Like you think you're all that and you think you're this, but you're not. Yeah. And you're going to you're going to be start at the lowest level yeah. in order to yeah. be able to lead people, my people in the end. So. Oh yeah, that's that's totally totally valid. That's I mean, I don't think there's any other explanation for his outburst in killing somebody right off the bat. You know, for my first act, I'm going to kill someone. You know Let me saying? whack a dude. All right, this guy yeah. disappear into the sand. Yeah. I'll be God, here all night. God, you know, shaped, you know, the earth yeah. was void and That's stuff. Hey, well, me, I'm going to go ahead and kill somebody for my yeah. first, in, the, in the first day. Right? I'm going to kill somebody. But, you know, he was too full of himself right there. Mm. God had literally had to humble him and drive him out of comfort and luxury and everything like that into a land, you know, that he didn't even know was connected yeah, you know, yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's not who God wanted to save his people. That's he right. wanted wow. somebody that was humble, that was a servant, and that would listen to God. That's right. You guys are you guys are on fire. All right, so there's like 17 things that just jumping out from what you guys are saying. 12? Um, oh, 12. <laughs> 12. <laughs> um, Jesus was driven, the word they use is driven into the desert by the Holy Spirit, right? Mm. When he was mm. tempted for how many days? 40. Not 12, 40. 40, right. So for 40 <laughs> days. So he was driven like Moses was driven. Um, but Dave, uh, David, Daniel made the, the connection to Midian. Who was Midian? 
Midian was Abraham's son. That's right. So Abraham had a wife after Sarah, after Sarah died, and she had like five or six sons, and Midian was one of them. Wait, what? Yeah, read your Bible. So <laughs> Moses... Mind blown. <laughs> Moses leaves his people and runs into his people. So did he learn about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob from the mother he never knew or the people he never lived with? Or did he learn about from Yethro, right? Mm. He probably learned from the priest of Midian uh, his history. So he is credited right. with writing exactly the first five books of the Bible. And that's probably where he got his information from. So the point is, is God knows what he's doing. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, he talked about Moshe being woke. He's down for the struggle for my first act. I'm going to do this. So... Um, J.R. you talked about him at the well with, with the shepherds. Like God is saying, I like that. Yeah, I, I wanted you to stand up for your people. You did the right thing the wrong way, yeah, but yeah. I really still want right you there. to stand up for the people that are weak. I still want you to stand up for the downtrodden. I That's what Jesus did. That's what Moses did. That's what we should be doing as Christians where we're like, hey, it might not be our time right now, but we're getting ready. And let us find situations where we can stand up, make a statement, be light, show truth, set the captives free. That's what this time is about. Yeah, Moses wasn't freeing his people, but he was freeing somebody. Mm, that's, good. that's good. Oh, yeah. That's really good. And I think that was, you know, obviously when he struck down the Egyptian, that was our feeble human attempt mm. at doing what God has called us to do. He was saying, oh, I'm going to save the people, uh, the Hebrews and the people of God. Let me strike down this Egyptian. It, that was his own feeble human attempt. But what God was trying to do in him was completely different. So we're going to go on to Exodus 2, uh, verse 23 uh, through 25 and skipping to uh, chapter 3. Verse 1 through 4. <clears throat> During those many days, the king of Egypt died, and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why this bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. So uh, when I was reading this earlier, I kind of just thought, you know, when it's talking about um, the, the people of God, they're, they're crying out to him in, in this time when um, the king of Egypt died, meaning that there's another Pharaoh that came to be that, uh, that enslaved them. Mm -hmm. And so, um, well, that keep, kept them enslaved and, and made things worse, obviously. Um, so one thing I thought of was with everything going on with this coronavirus, the reason it's called a coronavirus is because it's shaped like a crown, like you know the Spanish folks, you know the corona. <laughs> it's 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 crown in in Spanish. So what I'm thinking of is these people and you know, kind of drawing it to where we're at today. The crown's hitting hard, and right. it's and we feel like we're in a sense of bondage. We feel like we're kind of downtrodden in wow. this, in this sense, and kind of God saying. I hear your cries, and, and the redemption will come soon. The, the help will come soon. So that's just a little side note I thought of today. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> um, but also I thought of, you know, Psalms 46.1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. So, right. you know, we yeah. think about yeah. this. He's present. He's not just sitting by idly. There's a reason that it says that God heard their groaning. 
and he remembered his covenant. And we can all know that God, when he has a covenant, he keeps it. Mm, yeah, so we right. can be insured with that. And God has a covenant even over us that if you believe in his son, Jesus Christ, and, and you accept his sacrifice for your sins, then you will inherit the kingdom of heaven. I mean, you can't get a better covenant than that. Um, I found it, um, you know, going into uh, chapter three, you know, you talk about we'll call it Moses's first 40. You know, he's the prince of, you know, in, in Pharaoh's, you know, kingdom. And then he gets brought to this second 40 where he is a shepherd in Midian. And we kind of talked about it early, but you kind of that that contrast. Um, but it was a time of, like Jared said, development. It wasn't sitting idly by, um, but he was ready for when God called him. And so he could have just walked past the bush and been like, nah, I don't, I'm just going to ignore it. You know, but he really he, he felt that, hey, this is something that is 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 not usual. So let me just go and make this detour. And then that's when God talks to him. And that's when, you know, uh, what I think about is is this burning bush and it's not engulfed. So it was kind of almost it was symbolic in a way of God saying, this is the people of Israel right now. They're mm, in bondage, good. but that's they're not good. destroyed. Right. You know, so I think he was trying to show that to Moses that things can be saved. And so those, that's just my take on it. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, that's really, in the meantime, right, while Moses is going through his first 40 into his second 40, right, it starts off during those many days the king of Egypt died and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery. So while Moses, and while God is preparing Moses, right, this is, this is happening, right? And it just points to the importance of, you know, uh, one's salvation and preserving yourself and consecrating yourself in these times in your secret in your quiet place because if you put in the work like Moses did he didn't know that God was going to lead him back mm. you know so you don't know what God's doing during these times and say hey I'm preparing you you thought this opportunity was shot it's not shot now it's not yeah. going to go how you planned right <laughs> yeah but i'm gonna bring you back right and you're gonna deliver millions uh of people and like you said god's a god of covenant mm -hmm. you know god didn't do this for moses no, god did this because he's like this is my word i gave a covenant i i made a covenant and guess what i'm gonna keep my word so yeah. I, I think what's really interesting is you know in verse four it talks about god calling to him out of the bush and said moses moses and he said here i am mm. What I think of is that, you know, God's calling Moses. And if this would have happened, you know, 40 years ago, he wouldn't have had the same response because he responded out of a servant's heart. Here I am. Use me. Here I am. But if you would have called him 40 years ago, he would have been like, God said, Moses, Moses. And he goes, I'm a prince, you know, right. like. I own the show. Let me kill this Egyptian. Right. But what it was was here I am, and it was just it's it was that servant mindset that we talked about. I, I think it's um, interesting how you have these three verses that cover forty years, right? Like forty years and three verses, and that's that. And then he sees a bush, and then those forty years are over. And like you guys touched on, like so much happened in that time that we don't know about. And like Daniel pointed out, it had to be filled in by Stephen in the book of Acts, um, like thousands of years later, a couple, like 1,500 years later, Stephen, uh, Jewish tradition tells us he was 40 years old. Um, but also the Bible says that he, when the Lord saw that he turned aside, that God was watching for his response. Like the 
fiery bush, the burning bush was kind of like bait. And then God is like, I want to see what you're going to do with this now. And when he saw him turn aside, that's when everything changed. So it was the spoiled prince slash murderer. And then there was the guy licking his wounds, getting ready for something bigger, shepherd guy. And then that guy stops and turns around and says, okay, I'm ready for another change. And God said, okay, you're ready for this. I'm going to throw in something that I uh, heard from your uncle, um, Pastor Richard Ruby. <laughs> well, uh... Yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically, I heard a sermon once from him where he talked about Moses and he was talking about his time in the wilderness. And what really stuck out to me was he said, he titled the sermon, The New Normal. Hmm. And that's everything that I've been hearing these last couple of weeks, even at my job, you know, um, you know, my supervisor over our phone calls says, hey, guys, you know, we're just into the new normal. You know, this is something that we're going to have to try to figure out. Um, and I think that's what what happened in, in Midian hmm. was that it was a new normal. You know, he all of his plans, all the things that he envisioned happening were gone. And in a lot of times that defines how who you are as a person on how you can adjust in that new normal. So um, I think in this time, like we said, in the, in this new normal of what's happening, how are you going to adjust? How are you going to get closer to God? Or are you going to uh, say, you know what, things didn't happen, you know, the first time the way I wanted it to? Because life isn't about those first chances; it's about the second chances, the mm. third chances, mm-hmm. the fourth chances. Yeah. So I think that's why God has that redeeming factor because we're not going to get it right on the first try. Right. And right. God's grace, right? I mean, I think that that bush, right, and you know, something that I found out in just studying that is that the original, the the, uh, the thorn bush, right? The original Hebrew word comes from the word to stick or to prick. This means a thorn bush, right? So if you look at the burning bush, right? And then if you think about the thorns that were talked about in Genesis, mm-hmm. right? With wow. Adam, okay, wow. right? That's a curse, right? That came, that came, you know, when God cursed, he's mm, like, you know what? Good. Adam, you're going to produce thorns and, and thistles from the earth, right? So God's basically saying, hey, look at that thorn bush. I'm literally burning the curse, right? I'm breaking the curse. Can you drop your mic right? real quick? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, Here, I'll, I'll drop it and you keep talking. <laughs> I'm burning the curse and it's not being consumed, mm-hmm. right? So from this, you're going to come out a new man. No curse, no nothing, but you're not going to be consumed, you know, and it's just God's grace, right? We talk about uh, gold, right? It needs to be, you know, all the impurities, right, with 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 uh, the heat and stuff like that, and and how you, you know, blacksmiths would shape their their spheres and their swords, and it's all with heat, it's all with fire, right? But God's showing, hey Moses, look at this: the curse is broken, you're a new man. And I'm going to use you in ways that you never thought. So how, how much hope do we have? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, the, yeah. I, have, I mean, I have, I've never killed a man, you know, knock on wood. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That but was drywall. If, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, just kind of to zoom out for a second as Moses is going through this transition, I think uh, especially speaking to people who maybe feel like a little bit of anxiety and fear in this time, it says that the Lord heard their growing, uh, groaning and he remembered them. Mm, and so it's good. like God is always doing something in the midst of his, even when there's trouble, when there's bondage. And um, thinking about groaning, we have here in Judges uh, chapter 2, verse 18. And when the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies 
all the days of the judge, for the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of uh, those who oppress them and harass them. So even maybe you're not, in a sense, the Moses that God is raising up. I mean, God's always doing something, but always know that God is working for you. Even if you're not chosen to lead a million people, God is doing a work for you, even though you can't see it. And it's in the hard times. You know, God's always been moving before coronavirus, during coronavirus, but just know, take that hope that God is working for his people and he remembers you. That's good. You know, it, it reminds me, you know, as far as, you know, the burning bush and stuff like that is, and I'm going to, I'll connect this right now, but you know how the Pope recently came out and said, hey, because you can't He's come. He's following it up with a take on the Pope. I mean, you should. <laughs> <laughs> <No, Wow. go. laughs> so the Pope said, because you can't come to confess. My suggestion is that you confess your sins before God. Wow. Right? So he finally gets it right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But the so way... 500 takes years a later. pandemic. Martin Luther saying, what's going exactly, on? Exactly, right? On. So how I want to tie it to is if you see, God didn't speak to Moses until he got Moses' attention. Right? So until Moses mm-hmm. looked at the burning bush, like Eddie said, he could have, you know... He could have seen it and just walked by or just, you know, kind of peripheral vision. It looks and be like, like oh, work and I don't want you know to do work. Saying? Yeah, exactly. Right. So I'm it depressed. Was, it wasn't until Moses looked and was just like, what is that? Right. And I believe in this, you know, what's going on right now. It's like God's saying, turn. Right. I want to grab your attention. I want to get your attention. And once I grab your attention, then you can have that burning bush experience or then I can talk to you from an individual standpoint and even standpoint and even from the church's standpoint. Right. If we've deviated, if the church is deviated as a whole, not ours, but I'm just saying religion or Christianity as in general, if it's been if, if it's deviated to something that God doesn't like, God's going to do what he wants to get our attention. So. Yeah, that's the thing. I I believe it's the first words of the gospel from Jesus is repent. I mean, in his preaching ministry. So it's that turn aside. Right. And it's to the people of Israel first, to God's people, to the to church people that says, hey, look, turn aside, repent, turn back to me. And um, and then I'm able to do great things. And, you know, you can go on and preach to the Gentiles. But it's always that Mm -hmm. repentance right from the start. And that's how Jesus starts his ministry is repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yes. I think it took the world being on fire for, uh, you know, us to get that attention. (laughs) Uh Really? Like, and and it's kind of a self-reflective moment for you because Moses is probably thinking at this point, where am I at? He's doing like a reality check of where he's at and whether or not he's up for the task. So I think that's in my own personal life in this time, you know, church functions aside and, and, and other things that, you know, can populate my life. I'm having that honest discussion with myself of where am I at? And I think that's in this time what needs to happen. You have that reality check of whether or not God can use you right now and, and you know, just trying to better yourself in this time. Back to the basics. So could you say that Moses came out of the desert experience with the vengeance? Like he went back to get his people now that he was ready, right? He was unsure of himself. That first step is always the hardest. I got to go back. God sends Aaron uh, to go get him like almost halfway so he doesn't turn around. But after that, he comes back with the vengeance. And it wasn't his vengeance, it was God's vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. He he yeah, showed man. his own vengeance, messed it up, and God said, "Let me show you my vengeance." 
And God's vengeance is always grace, like Pastor Gene Valley preached about so many conferences ago. But um, this is a stretch. You could take it or leave it if you're listening, whatever. Do whatever you want with this. But I see Moses coming out of the desert and back into Egypt like a virus, where he comes in undetected, unannounced. Nobody knows he's there, and he infects the whole place and turns the whole place on its head. And when he leaves... It's this big scouring boil that's been busted and stuff is coming out and there's Moses and he's multiplied by two million. So you see these things that God does or happen in our lives and it's, it's always undetected. We don't see it coming. Um, but I'll, I'll say this, uh, I'll just kind of change gears here. I was talking to a friend of mine, Isaiah Trujillo, and we are talking about Sir Isaac Newton and how a lot of people are saying, well, it was during a time of quarantine that he invented, just discovered gravity um, with you know the apple falling on his head and stuff. But the point is not that. It, he didn't discover gravity at that point. He had had that theory in the works already. Um, he had already been working on a bunch of other uh, mathematical problems at that point. He, he discovered three amazing things, and I'm, they're, just, they're just slipping my mind right now. But in that time, he, he made three amazing contributions my point is all of that stuff didn't happen in the time of quarantine. He had been working on that already. Free money and free time will not change you, but they will amplify you. So this time is going to mm. amplify who you are. So either it's going to amplify your Netflix and your Hulu watching, Ooh. or it's going to mm. amplify uh, your Dorito eating, or it's going to amplify your prayer life and your reading of the word mm. and your witness. And you're, you being able to come out of the desert place with the vengeance saying, I was preparing for this and I'm preparing for the parks to be full again. I'm preparing for McHale Center to be full again. I'm preparing for everyone to be out of their houses and ready to go. And guess what? I'm going to be ready to go. I'm going to be prepared for, for such a time as this. Wow. <laughs> We're kind of just all sitting here like, whoa, <laughs> truth bombs set off on us, <laughs> you know, but before we do, you know, I just want to kind of talk about, um, we find ourselves in life and kind of, we find ourselves in a, in a bondage situation. We find ourselves tied up a lot of times it's by sin where we feel hopeless, where we're, we don't know who to cry out to. But the thing about this, uh, this text is what says what God heard his people when they cried out to him. They could have cried out to a number of people. They could have cried out to Egyptian gods, you know, but they decided in this time of struggle to, to cry out to God and God honored that. So I think in our own lives, we can find that when we're going through hard times, when we find ourselves in sin, when we feel that hopelessness, when we call on God, God will respond. But he's waiting for us to make that first move. You know, and, and like it says in Romans, we were all born sinners and we were slaves to sin, just like the people of uh, the Hebrews were enslaved by the Egyptians. <clears throat> they found themselves in that in that um, slave mentality. Uh, but God was able to, you know, send Moses and send that savior to be able to um, save them from from slavery. And I, that God did that again just for for us in, in every way by sending his son, Jesus Christ in order to shed his blood on the cross. He said, this is your salvation. This is your savior. That's why, you know, we're coming up on Easter. That's what that's all about is being able to realize that, hey, God, I'm a sinner, 
But from you dying, when you sending your son to die on the cross for my life, that that's what saves me. So if you're here and you're listening to this, you know, many we're, we're obviously targeting AO and vision um, people. But if you're listening to this, you kind of happen to um, stumble upon it or, or your friend sent it to you and you don't know that gospel. You don't know that you're even living in sin. You don't even know that that's a thing. But what sin is, is just doing something that's removing you from God. And, and you can that can be a number of things. That can be things of sexual nature or it can just be greed. It can be hate. It can be things that, you know, populate our lives, even distractions that seem good, the pursuit of money, the pursuit of this world. But, you know, the Bible talks about the person that, you know, sought to inherit the whole world but ended up losing his own soul. So we come to this decision right now where you're thinking, you know, I've tried drugs. I've tried, you know, partying. I've tried sleeping around. I still feel hopeless. I feel like I'm a slave to sin. And God's saying, here's your salvation, my son, Jesus Christ. So cry out to him today. Cry out to him right now where you're sitting. You just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Make me whole. I repent of my sins and I want to serve you for the rest of my life. In your name I pray, amen. Again, we just want to wrap up saying thank you for, you know, even listening, but also giving us the opportunity to do this. Um, Gabe, do you want to say anything? Quaranta giorno. Thanks for listening. Let us know what you liked about the episode and what you'd like to hear in future recordings. We'll see you next time. God bless.